Good morning. So thankful to see everybody here today. We're blessed with a beautiful spring day. Finally, maybe no snow in the forecast for any time soon. I say that we're going to have a blizzard next week, but uh, anyway, welcome. This uh, morning, as you can see from the slide, we're going to talk about heaven, a mansion over the hilltop. You know, have you ever, I know as, as Christians, we know where we're going to go when we die, but where do we go when we die? In John 14, beginning in verse 1, Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, Jesus says that where we are going is to his Father's house in which there are many mansions. Now, uh, sometimes we get the idea of a mansion of this great big manor house up on a hill where we're isolated all by ourselves. That's not what a mansion is. Uh, according to the, the Greek word that we're going to look at here. But uh, the King James uses many mansions. And of course, mansion the, has a different meaning now than it did in 1611. And so uh, many rooms, the English Standard Version says, uh, the New American Standard, the New New American Standard, the 1995 version, uh, has many dwelling places. And then the... Uh, I hate to call this a translation, but the New Living Version uh, is more, simply says, more than enough room. It's really a commentary. It's not a Bible translation as much as, as it is a commentary. But uh, more than enough room. There is plenty of room for everyone, is what he is saying. Uh, this word, translated mansion, is only uh, found one other time in the Bible, and that's found in John 14, verse 23. Where Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Translated abode there in that verse. And so again, uh, it, it implies that we are going to be with God, and he is going to be with us. And so the word mansion, according to, to Vines, the, the, the Greek word, is primarily a staying abiding. It means or denotes an abode, as we saw in verse uh, 14, verse 23. Translated mansion, as we saw in 14, verse 2. There is nothing in the word, according to Vines, to indicate separate compartments in heaven. Neither does it suggest temporary resting places on the road. Which uh, was, at one time, another definition of the word mansion was basically an inn. Or a staying place, a temporary abode. Now, uh, as uh, it's defined in Webster's Dictionary, it is any place of residence, a house, a habitation, the house of a lord or of a manor, a residence, 
And so primarily the word refers to a dwelling place or a residence. The word mansion in the Old English refers to a place to dwell or remain. Uh, the word mason, of course, is one who builds with stone, is a related word. The homes or dwellings built with stone, mansions, were permanent dwelling places, not temporary like a wood home built with thatching and straw and dung. Uh, the word mansion conveys the idea that Jesus went to prepare a place of permanence a dwelling for us, a permanent place for us to belong and be with God, not buildings to dwell in. And so, you know, we're familiar with the song, I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where I'll never grow old or where we'll never grow old. Jesus made this promise a long time ago, and not just to the apostles, but to all uh, who would be and are Christians. And so note the context also of our text of John chapter 14. You know, Jesus here, uh, and really this whole context, uh, John 14 through John 16, Jesus knows he is going to leave the apostles. They are about to see him mocked and beaten and crucified. And so these chapters, 14, 15, and 16, are Jesus' words of comfort for his apostles to help prepare them for the impending, impending disappointment and heartache. He says, let not your heart be troubled. And so he knows their heart is going to be troubled. He says, but you know, I'm going to give you some things to comfort you when the time comes of this troubling. And so uh, the context uh, there. Uh, notice also, you know, what do these chapters mean to us today? You know, he's not here with us physically. Uh, uh, many have trouble with this. He's not here with us physically. We see our Lord's name slandered, though. We see it used in vain. We see him mocked, uh, even especially today. And so these chapters, these words are words of comfort to us. To help prepare us for the trials, the sufferings, and the things that we're going to have to endure in this life. And so as we look closely at the text of verses 1 through 6, we'll see that Jesus speaks of a place, he speaks of a preparation, and he speaks of a path. And so let's begin with verses 1 and 2. Jesus speaks of a place. Again, he says, let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. And so uh, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. You see, he went to heaven. He went to his Father's house to prepare a place for us. The Father's house is heaven. In Psalms 53 and verse 2, uh, it says there that God looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand, that did seek God. Uh, heaven is God's home. It is where God's throne is found in Hebrew, or Matthew chapter 5 and verse 34. There it says, um, But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. So God is in heaven. That is his home. That is where he dwells. That is where we will dwell with him. And so Jesus speaks of a place. We will go to God's house in heaven. He will not bring his house down to earth. 
uh, to some earth that is made new. Uh, His house, his abode, his dwelling is in heaven. And when we are with him, we will be in heaven. Heaven is God's abiding place. A a spiritual place it is. It is not a physical, it is not a material realm. Heaven is his abiding place. is a, a place of eternal fellowship with him. You know, when Jesus said place, he meant an actual place not some just state of mind. It's not just some kind of alternate form of reality. It, it is as real as the city in which we now live. Now it is a spiritual place. To see heaven, however, we need the most powerful telescope known to man. Uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 18 uh, tells us that that is faith. Um, I see, I jumped ahead, didn't I? Uh, and so, Hebrews, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18 says, We look not at things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so, uh, we'll get to that point. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18. I have 4 verse 8, but it's 4 18. Several mistakes there. Uh, so, let's back up. Is a house not made with hands. I do want to get this point in here. Is a spiritual place, not a physical, in a material realm. Second uh, Corinthians five verse one. There's my mistake. I forgot to read. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And so it is a real place, a place that we can see by faith. It is a a place where real people go. You know, you think about Enoch in Genesis chapter 5 and verse 24. Taken directly to heaven, it says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Also, uh, it is a place where Elijah was taken directly to in 2 Kings 2 and verse 11. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And so we see heaven is a real place where real people will be, where real people go. Jesus promises us that we too will go to heaven if we are faithful Christians. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Insert your name here. I go to prepare a place for you. And so heaven is a real place. Uh, It is a real place where we will go, where a place has been prepared, where there is room made for us. Also, uh, the question might arise is, will we know each other in heaven? You know, uh, we're going to have a different body, a different kind of body. Uh, Will we recognize each other or not? You know, uh, some say no, some say yes, and and ultimately, I think there is not uh, any part of heaven that's going to be less glorious whether we know each other or not. But death, uh, so let's think about some implications, though, if we don't know, if we will not recognize each other. 
Death will be a final separation. We will never see our loved ones again. Uh, and so uh, in heaven we'll be a, a nameless group of people. Uh, and implications of that on the day of judgment. We'll be in a group of total strangers. The day of judgment, God will erase our memories. And so, uh, you know, sometimes we sing the song, if we never uh, meet again this side of heaven. As we struggle through this world and its strife, there's another meeting place somewhere in heaven by the side of the river of life. You know, songs like that give us no real comfort if we don't know each other in heaven. If we do not recognize each other in heaven, then that takes away some of the joy in looking forward to going there. You know, the Bible uh, talks about David. And David in his terrible sin with Bathsheba. And a child was conceived of this terrible sin. And as a result, as a punishment for what he did, the, the child would be taken from him. The child would pass away. And David knew this, and he fasted, remember? And he, he, uh, he prayed, and he, he wore sackcloth and ashes. Until the moment that the child died, then he got up, and he washed himself. He, he put on clean clothes, and, and people asked him, why? Why aren't you mourning? And his answer in verse 23 of 2 Samuel 12 says, But now he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. And so think about David finding comfort. He was no longer mourning. The child is now gone. He mourned while the child was passing. He mourned while the child was sick, but the child is now gone. He knows and he finds comfort in the fact that I can't bring him back. But I can go where he is. There is great comfort knowing that he will know his child in heaven. And his child will know him. And so, um, also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 19 and 20 it says here for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming for ye are our glory and joy and he says my glory and joy is going to be uh, with you in heaven in the presence of Jesus Christ and so if he's not going to know them uh, then how can they be part of his joy if he doesn't recognize them? And so will we know each other in heaven? Yes, I think we will. I believe the Bible teaches that we will know one another in heaven. And uh, also, uh, as such, uh, in Philippians 4 and verse 3, you know, we ought to rejoice because your names are written in the book of life. Philippians 4 and verse 3 says, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which have labored with me in the gospel with Clement also, and with my other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. And so we ought to rejoice in that. Heaven is a real place for real people. And so it is a place. Jesus speaks of a place. Uh, he speaks of a place that is prepared. There is a preparation that has been made. 
God made preparation for us to go to heaven. You know, even before time began, Ephesians chapter 3 verses 10 and 11 tells us, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifest wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. It was an eternal purpose before there was even time created. It was God's purpose to send his son Christ to die for our sins. So even before time began, and it began to be enacted uh, from the moment, the very first moment of the very first sin of Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, this promise is given. They've been punished, and they've been told what their punishment will be. Now he gives a promise. Uh, specifically, he's speaking to the serpent. He says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his, or it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The seed of the woman would, would bruise or crush the head of the serpent's seed. Uh, and so the seed here, the seed of the woman, is Christ. That same promise of a seed was given to Abraham. In Genesis chapter 22 and verse 18, it says, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And so God began to put the plan in place. It was a plan, a preparation that was made uh, from eternity. It began to be put into place from the moment of the first sin. That it would be fulfilled in the seed of Abraham. And then Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16 says, And to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed, which is Christ. The seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, or the seed of the woman that would crush the works of the devil, and the seed of Abraham that would bless all people, is Jesus Christ. Uh, that's what Galatians 3.16 is telling us. And so he made preparation for us by sending his son. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so God has made preparation before time began, from the moment of the first sin. Jesus also has made preparation. He made preparation for us by dying for our sins. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 8 or 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He was offered once to bear the sins of many. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but 
quickened by the Spirit. And then Matthew 26 and verse 28, our Lord himself said uh, these words, uh, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Literally into the remission of sins. He is going to shed his blood so that we can receive the remission of sins. And so Jesus made preparation for us uh, for that place in heaven by dying for our sin. By establishing the church. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 he said unto, thee, unto thee, I say unto thee also that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock was the, the statement that Peter made that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He established the church. He built the church. Uh, he bought it with his own blood. Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 says, Take heed therefore unto, thyself, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, notice, which he hath purchased with his own blood. You know, we were not redeemed by things uh, corruptible like gold and silver and things of that nature. We were redeemed, we were bought back, we were purchased as a church by the precious blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. So Christ made preparation for us by dying for our sins, shedding his precious blood to establish the church, the body of those that are saved. The Holy Spirit also has made preparation for us in that place. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, inspired the Word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says uh, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word uh, inspiration uh, literally means was breathed out. It was breathed out by God, the breath of God, breathed out. Uh, and gave us the word through the Holy Spirit. Uh, by giving the, the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit to the apostles. And by uh, giving them the direct words of, of Christ, of the Father. The Holy Spirit inspired uh, the word of God. And the Spirit through the word makes us complete. Again, it's, it's given by inspiration of God. That the man of God may be perfect, verse 17. Uh, that means to be complete, fully matured, truly furnished unto all good works. Uh, it provides everything that we need, everything that pertains to life and godliness, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. And so the Father made preparation. He had a plan from eternity that began to, to be brought into place uh, with the first sin. It was culminated in the death of Jesus Christ, his establishment of the church. And uh, it was given to us, or the, the knowledge of that is given to us through the word of God, which is able to make us complete. And so we see all three persons of the Godhead involved in this preparation of that place uh, in heaven for us. And then in verses 4 through 6, Jesus speaks of a path. 
He says, and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He speaks of a path, a way to that place that has been prepared. He says, I am the way. He uses the word uh, in Greek, ego, amy. Which literally means, I, I am. And so he says, I, I am. In other words, I and I only am the way. Emphasizing the fact that no other but him can offer what he offers. He says that he is the way. The way to where? He is the way to heaven. There is no other way to get to heaven but by Jesus. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 uh, has this to say, Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so Jesus says that he is the way. He says, I and I only am the truth. You know, truth came in its fullest form by Christ. John chapter 1 and verse 17 uh, it says, uh, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. You know, the truth uh, will make us free. John 8 verse 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Free from the consequences of our past sin. Christ also gave us uh, the truth in the word of God. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth, John chapter 17 and verse 17. Jesus says also, uh, I, I am the life. You know, he is the life from eternity. He is the life. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so Jesus is the life. He said in John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. Notice there, uh, as he talks to, uh, to Mary, or Martha, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this. He is the resurrection and the life. And he offers eternal life to all those that obey him. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 9. He is the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Thus, Jesus is the creator and the preserver of life. And so, you know, each one of us today who is a Christian has that mansion over the hilltop waiting for us. He said again in John chapter 14 and verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. There is a place waiting for us. Uh, he says, it, if it were not so, I would have told you. We can be sure it is there. 
Jesus left this earth, and now we have a place to live eternally. Preparation has been made for us to go there, and we have the path revealed to us through God's Word. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9, quoting from Isaiah 64, it says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And we can't really know what heaven is truly like. It's hard for our finite minds to grasp the infinites. For our materially minded selves to grasp uh, the spiritual. And so uh, when we see a description of heaven in the book of Revelation, it is given in terms that we can understand uh, to describe something that is so great and glorious to give us a, an inkling of what it's going to be like. You know, it's not to be taking literally, uh, it's not a literal physical city. And so, he, but it's a beautiful place, it's a beautiful dwelling for man that has been prepared. He said, I saw a new, uh, Revelation 21, 1 and 2. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there were no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Notice it is a place prepared as a bride is prepared. And verse 10 he says, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even as a jasper stone clear as crystal. Crystal Had a great, had a wall great and high. It had 12 gates and at the gates were 12 angels. The names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. He goes on to describe the great beauty of that city. And then as we come to the, uh, the next chapter, in verses uh, 1 and 2, it says, And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, uh, was there the tree of life, which bare... Uh, Twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were made for the healing of nations. And so heaven is a beautiful place. A place that is far beyond anything we can understand with our finite minds. But we know it is a place of comfort. It is a place where God is. A place where we will dwell for eternity with God and with Christ. And with those others that have gone on before. And so, do you want to go to heaven? Do you want a mansion over the hilltop? Do you believe that uh, the place is there? Have you made your preparation? You see, God has prepared it for us. Uh, Christ and the Holy Spirit have prepared it for us. But ultimately, we also have to prepare ourselves. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Have we made preparations in this life to go there? Are we even on the right path? You know, there are two paths we can go by. One that leads to life eternal and the other that leads to damnation eternal. 
Which path are you on? Are you on the way, the truth, and the life of Jesus Christ? If not, then why not today? Become a child of God. Believe that He is. Confess your belief. Repent of your sins. Be baptized to have your sins washed away. Now begin today making your reservation for a mansion over the hilltop. Today if you're here as one as a Christian. And you were once prepared and you were once on that path. But you've strayed away. It's time to get back on the path to repent. To change your direction. We're here to help you with that as well. Uh, we're here to pray for you, to help you in any way that we can. If there's anything that we can do for you to help you prepare for heaven, please let us know as together we stand and as we sing.